Welcome to episode 190 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. The Toronto Fringe Festival starts in just a few days, and I've been thinking a lot about shows that I want to see. I've been putting together a list of all of the shows and putting them in my schedule, but... I'm leaving space in the second half of my schedule for shows that uh, haven't landed on my radar yet. One of the joys of fringing is finding a show that you didn't even know you would like and suddenly it drops into your lap and you fall in love with it. Um, that's one of my favorite things. And so I'm, I'm leaving space in my schedule for, for those shows and for other shows that just sort of come up. I would love to hear about the shows that you're looking forward to. So, so please tell me about them by finding me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at StageworthyPod. But you know what? I also have to do my own self-promotion, so I want to tell you again about my show at the Toronto Fringe, The Commandment. The Commandment is a dark comedy about what happens when an atheist discovers that he's been chosen to deliver God's new commandment. Uh, it'll be presented at the Tarragon Extra Space, and you can find out all about it by finding it in your fringe listings or by following me on my social links on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby. And you can also find details on SimpleTruthTheater.com. My guest this week is Michael Ross Albert. Michael is a Toronto-based playwright, and his play The Huns opens at the Streetcar Crow's Nest at this year's Toronto Fringe. How many, how many fringes have you done? This will be, well, so this is my second Toronto fringe as a producer. Mm -hmm. It's my third Toronto fringe as a playwright. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it will be, oh my God, it's going to be my ninth, ninth or two. I did five fringe NYC, one Edinburgh, it's my eighth. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty crazy. I am a fringe person. How I mean, how early in your in your in your career did you do uh, did you do Edinburgh? Uh, re- very recently. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was in 2017. Okay. Um, I but my first my first fringe was was in New York. Was mm-hmm. fringe NYC. Yeah. We talked about that the yeah. first time. Yeah. Because um, Edinburgh is like people are like, oh, you're gonna take your show to Edinburgh now? I'm like, fuck no. Yeah, I'm not ready for that. It's, <coughs> I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. The spirit there is cool. I don't. I like pr- producing a fringe show anywhere is hard. <clears throat> producing a fringe show there is like Herculean. Oh, you know? Yeah, it's, I can imagine. Uh, um, if you're cool with with the experience being the payment, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. you can, if you can afford that, and. Um, then, then, then great. Yeah. But, uh, and when I did Edinburgh, I was there, I I had written a play for university students and they took it over to Edinburgh Mm -hmm. and me going for the festival was like my fee. Right. So I got a cool trip. Yeah. I wasn't producing it. There were performances where no one showed up and... That was totally fine by me. <gasps> right. Um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's, it, it's mad. Yeah. 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 I mean, have you been? Have you? I haven't been. I haven't been. I mean, the closest, of, I mean, 
People are like, oh, you're going to go to Edinburgh? I'm like, I'm still scared of Edmonton mm-hmm. Fringe, you know, because that's the biggest one here. If I can get through and and be okay with, like, going to Edmonton, I might start to consider Edinburgh. But until I'm... Until the thought of, of performing in, in in Edmonton doesn't give me cold sweats, I think I should. Uh, I'm not. I'm not quite ready. Sure. Yeah, mm. that's fair. I would recommend going on a vacation, <laughs> going fringing. Yeah. Um, in Edinburgh, uh, on a trip. That's, yeah. It's a lot of fun. You can see a lot of stuff. Yeah. Drink a lot of beer. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that you would never see anywhere else. Yeah, I saw like a Finnish clown acrobat show like i um i i really curated my festival there so i i was like today will be the modern realists and i saw an ibsen a Chekhov, and a strindberg in the same day yeah it was it was heavy and then and then i took the next day off but you know you you can really you can see everything yeah yeah um i just want to Say, because I think I'm, you're aware of how much I enjoyed your show anywhere last year. Thank you. But I, I still, I still, when people are talking about like great, great shows that I've seen at Fringe, it's one of the ones that's on top of my list. Oh yeah. man, thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> that, that show was pretty re- well received last year. It was, uh, it was great. We yeah. were, I was so thrilled and like, and quite surprised. Yeah. Um, uh, and we're, yeah, we couldn't have been happier with yeah. everything. Uh, basically, we got our friends together. <laughs> I love working with Dave LaFontaine, mm-hmm. the director, and um, Cass Van Wick. And mm-hmm. I became really good friends through the process leading up to the rehearsal. Yeah. And Courtney Sung Lancaster and I had yeah. wanted to work together for a little while. And we had Marvin Araneda stage managing mm-hmm. and... Lindsay Junkin doing the costumes and we really just like we rehearse in the assembly theater and it's a serious play yeah it's heavy but it felt like it felt like we were just sort of hanging out with Fred not hanging out like there was work being done but we were having fun yeah and not really this, it's going to sound arrogant but I don't think we were like working that hard at the producing side of it (laughs) And all of a sudden, our opening night was sold out, and we huh. went, "How? Why did? Why did this happen?" Did you guys uh, not? Were you like surprised because you hadn't been doing a whole lot of uh, uh, promotion or something? Or? Um, I like no more. It didn't feel like we did the amount of work required to sell out the run <laughs> of the show, um, but uh, maybe we did. It mm. really took us by surprise. Yeah. Um, and the first night was pouring rain and, uh, it started at like nine thirty or 10 o'clock at night. It was right. a later show. And, um, and we just stood and watched the factory fill up with like soaking wet, excited people. Wow. And, um, and, and that kind of set the tone for the, for the, for the entire run. Um, wow. We're very, very lucky and very, uh, very fortunate that yeah. it was received so well. Well, because it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people think about a successful fringe show as a comedy. It's so bizarre. And like we, I don't know how. I've ne- <laughs> I don't think I can't remember the last time I saw a serious play yeah. in fringe. 
uh, let alone it being the, one of the like the patrons pick yeah, of yeah. the factory yeah. to this uh, studio. Um, so yeah, we got very very lucky. I we you know we tried to at the end towards the end of the festival we we're kind of looking around at our at our <laughs> the line for waiting the waiting list line and thinking how did this happen mm. and i think i think last year in particular there was a lot of improv there was a mm. lot of there comedy was, yeah. um and this was a uh, this was sort of um uh the, like a a play yeah. <laughs> and there was maybe Maybe there were just fewer options. Mm. I don't know what happened, but we got very, very lucky. Yeah, yeah. It was really good and justifiably, well, justifiably uh, lucky, I think. Thanks. I, I don't know if it's luck or, or whatever, but it definitely uh, uh, got uh, deserved all the attention it got. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but you had uh, your second show. We talked about that last year. That was also the other one that you wrote. With, which yeah, was the, the Grass is Greenest at yeah. the Houston Astrodome. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was a really lovely production of yeah. it. Um, it's uh, a play of mine that I like. Um, I think I guess I like all of my plays, <laughs> but uh, I I was really really thrilled that Lauren McKinley spearheaded this production yeah. of it, and um, it put together a really great team. They all did very very good work, and Lauren just won a uh, My Entertainment I saw award that. for her performance. That's amazing. It. Yeah. Um. So just to to jump into um this year, yeah, the show is called The Huns. The Huns. I mean, we were talking about you know, we were talking a lot about about anywhere, which was a very serious play. Yeah, and The Huns. Is it serious? Is what would, how would you describe the Huns? We uh, we're calling it like a menacing comedy. Oh fuck! I like that. <laughs> uh, it's it it is funny. <laughs> I think um, I've I've watched people read the script, yeah. and I think that there's there's kind of a. It, um, you know, I want to do. I want to make visceral theater have have. Um, have really emotional reactions mm. from the audience. And so I think that it will, like, it's, it's uncomfortably funny. It's fast paced. Mm. Um, and it's, it's mean and it does deal with very, very serious subject matter, but it's the way we get to that mm. is through, is through social satire. Mm. Um, so it, it takes place. In an office at a, in a conference room, uh, at a tech company, a very chic, mm -hmm. modern, uh, downtown tech company. Uh, and it, there's a bit of mystery around why these three characters are gathering for a conference call. Um, tensions are high and, uh, your secrets begin getting revealed as the conference call continues. So there, there are three actors on stage <laughs> mm -hmm. and there are about a dozen unseen characters, uh, participating in uh, like on the phone, uh, which means we have to have a really great sound design. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we got one. Uh, we're working with Andy Trithart. Nice. Um, and it's uh it, it's kind of, it's like um 
it's like a ping pong match mm-hmm. uh or 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 like a Mr. Toad's wild ride where the conversation keeps getting derailed mm. um the characters who are on stage really don't like one another <laughs> and um have to put on a bit of a show mm. for everyone that's on the conference call so we can see them we see this like the tension of trying to be professional and trying to keep their cool Mm -hmm. while all of these emotions simmer underneath. There's a certain logistical, I don't want to say nightmare about, about having a show where there's a dozen voices that you don't see. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I just was speaking with Andy. We're very early on in this process. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he basically was saying that the stage manager will need to be, kind of the fourth scene partner uh, and introduce the possibility that actors might forget a line and uh, immediately our faces just like dropped, you know, that what if that happens because, because you're dealing with recorded voices, with recorded yeah. voices. Mm. Yeah. It'll be a fun one. Oh, I'm I'm kind of breaking a sweat for your stage manager on that one. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> me too. I, you know, it's um, there, there's it's it's going to be more, and I guess this is the case with comedy is that it's more technically precise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in drama, you can languish yes, in yeah. moments, and um, <clears throat> there's there's really no room. For that in this new piece. No. And and I think that's often the case with most comedies. Yeah. Like, t- if you languish, you're probably going to kill the joke or kill the momentum, you know? Yeah. Uh, <coughs> and especially if, if it's, if, you know, we're playing with sound cues that are <coughs> recorded based on timing yeah. of different live conversations happening in, in sync with the recorded conversation. <coughs> yeah. It's going to be fun. Oh. That, that's gonna be super precise. That's a lot of work. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of work, and it's a it's a truncated mm-hmm. fringe rehearsal mm-hmm. schedule. Yeah, uh, so we've got we've got our work cut out for yeah. us. Have you guys started rehearsals yet? No. no? Have you, um, we just cast the play mm-hmm. recently. This is we're early. Well, because when still I last in... when I last spoke to you, I think a couple weeks ago, you were like, I, we we were not cast yet. Yeah. Basically, um, uh, we we now are we have our cast. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited about working with each of them. Um, uh, the cat. There are three actors. Uh, one is Cass Van Wick, who mm-hmm. was in Anywhere. She's producing again. Mm-hmm. Um, they she uh, got picked in the lottery two years in a row somehow. Wow. Uh, I apply. there's a lot of there's a lot of people who uh, probably uh, aren't happy to hear that. My text message. <laughs> she texted me and said, uh, "So I got picked in the lottery again this year, and I think I responded, fuck off.' Yeah, <laughs> I think you're probably uh, not the only person who would respond that way. You know, well, and just I mean, it's it's great for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely, it's, uh, yeah. you know, I'm happy. I get I got a spot yeah. through through um, our collaboration. Um, but I applied every year for a decade yeah. and never got in. Uh, and so yeah. I, I understand that, that the, the frustration. My friend, uh, Carlin Ramey entered the, uh, um, 
maybe five years ago, entered the the calf lottery. Yeah. First time. She'd never done a fringe. And she got and it. And she got it. Yeah. But it was like, fuck you. I know. Well, th- you that know? was the case with Cass last yeah. year that she had never applied. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just first first fringe out of the gate. It's awesome. And second. That's awesome. And the yeah. second one. Yeah. So so she is um, – uh, so sh- so – the difference, I think, is that um, when Cass approached me last year, uh, I I had kind of had an idea for a two-hander mm. with women um, that was this type of thriller mm. that changed a bit in the writing process, yeah. but was basically what Anywhere was going to become. And and I have only been working on like full lengths over the last year. And have not hadn't really thought about what a new one act would look like, mm-hmm. and so when so last year Cass kind of gave me free reign, mm-hmm. said, "I want to produce a play that you write. I want to be in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should have a small, you know, be a fringe, a portable show. Um, other than that, sort of do you? Yeah. And uh, this time around, it took some." It took some consideration mm. and um, some conversation because this is the second year at that. Yeah. Um, following following yeah, a sold yeah, out yeah. run, uh, so we kind of decided we're gonna we're gonna add another another actor to the yeah. mix and write a three hander, mm-hmm. and it should be more of a comedy mm-hmm. than a than a serious play. Um, and that that sort of started the ball rolling. So she is uh, one of the cast members. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 one of the other roles. Um, the the woman who's sort of leading the conference call is going to be played by Brianna Dillon, <clears throat> uh, who's amazing. And um, there's this sort of big baby in the room <laughs> who doesn't want to be there at all. Uh, he's kind of a like a CrossFit bro, uh, and he's being played by Jamie Cavanaugh. Nice, yeah. Nice. So it's a really great team. What about all the voices? Because there's twelve people. Yeah, we have how to you, figure that out. That's because that's the. How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> a couple of them have to speak French. <laughs> it's um, we I we have to pull a lot. We have to ask a lot of favors. And the and the thing is is we need we need to really do that soon because um, a key to making the timing and the comedy work will be having those recordings Absolutely. in rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I th- so we're starting a, a little bit of a plan. Yeah. Of, of, of begging <laughs> people to to record. You might um, not have to beg that hard. I, I I hope not. Especially especially it's a recorded voice. It's almost like a cameo. It's it, like a walk-on for people, right? It is. Yeah. It, it's strange. And we're, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, do I show them the entire script or can they just read their lines? Mm. Like, do they, what, there's, I, I don't know what's funnier. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll, we're, that, that's, that's maybe next on the yeah. list. So this is yeah. set at a, at a, at a, at a tech company. It is. Have, have you, have you worked in that world? Um, uh, my sister does. Yeah. Uh, and, um. I, through through her, I've kind of been um, I've been able to sort of watch from the sidelines a little bit. Yeah. And um, what really what what the the reason I thought it was kind of a, a place that's rife 
for social satire is um, because this is the young bourgeoisie. Sure. <laughs> you know, they're um, people that have a very specific skill set that um, uh, that make a lot more money than I do, yeah. and um, uh, and what I and and so I'm I, I'm very interested in in what young people with money are like i guess and um also um the rate of of depression and anxiety and mental illness yeah. specifically in that industry yeah. is, is 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 alarming sure. um and so uh in in writing in wanting to tackle um depression mm. and um uh and these 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 things that i feel that I've certainly been feeling mm-hmm. more recently. This was a hard winter. Yeah, yeah. This was, yeah. And I think everyone was kind of in this, yeah. this, this funk. Um, so I, I think it's a, it's a, the, the arena is rife for exploring. Yeah. Um, those issues in it. It's certainly, it's really interesting. I mean, I work in a, in a tech company. And so oh, I've yeah. seen, I've seen a lot of, there's a, there's this event that happens in September. It's called, uh, startup ah fuck I don't remember but it's like oh startup open house so you go okay. around to all the Toronto startups and you a lot of people go to look for a job but you can also go and just be like oh so this is what Google looks like uh-huh. or this is what Shopify looks like and and a lot of and a lot of them it's like there's a lot of money just in the in the ambiance you know yeah. and, and and for some of them like everybody talks about culture but for some companies um, culture almost seems to be we have breakfast in the morning mm-hmm. and you can drink yep. after in the afternoon. We'll open up the bar and that's culture. But for that, in a lot of places, it's, all, it's almost like we expect you to work for 12 hours a day. Yes, exactly. And that, that a lot of that is, um, is touched on in the play yeah. that th- these are that you are in your se- in a sense being tricked into thinking that you have, you have a lot of value to a company yeah. that that probably sees you as a number cruncher yeah. or as a you know a pair of fingers coding, yeah. um, a pair of fingers, ten fingers, a pair of hands, a pair of hands, yeah. And and there there are all of these perks, but people stay till all hours of the night and yeah. work weekends and in open concept spaces where everyone thinks they're being watched constantly and they probably they are. are. Um, it's a, it, it's a really, um, I, I, I can understand why there is so much, uh, so many heightened emotions. And yeah. I've watched in starting to kind of research the piece more emotionally than actually because mm-hmm. I don't understand technology. Um, there are like YouTube videos of people just like talking about how much they they hate their jobs yeah. and and pricing out their week in terms of the amount of available time that they have to themselves in their in their you know condos downtown sure. and their uh, uh, it it's a it's a world I'm really not a part of and there's so much sadness yeah um and so much so much anxiety yeah. that comes with it that um I think it's it's definitely worth addressing yeah it certainly is the trade off that you make in a lot of those in a lot of companies where uh, and especially with with younger people starting out they 
they're willing to put in all those hours mm-hmm. for the perks because they think that it that they have to. It's so hard to find mm-hmm. a job, right? Uh, if you you know if you leave if you leave right at five mm-hmm. on the dot, which I do, or uh, uh, you know, I I think people get very freaked out sure. about you know I'm not working hard enough. This isn't I'm replaceable. Sure. There's there's someone there's someone on the other side of the revolving door that can do my job just as well as I can. And it's, and it's probably because the staff, the work that's required of the Mm. staff isn't necessarily individualistic. Yeah. It's not about creativity and it's not about insight or intuition. Um, but it's, it's about this skill set that a lot of people that's very true have. Yeah. Um, and I, like I would be anxious. Yeah. I mean, I don't have that skill set, so I don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's a very it's a very different lifestyle than than my own. Yeah. Which I think is why I find it. Interesting. Well, it's certainly fascinating. It's certainly fascinating, and there is you know you think about all the anxiety. I know in, in the you know there's a lot of companies where that happens. I'm fortunate in that you know I can leave at the end of my day. Like yeah. I work my eight hours and I'm, I can go. <clears throat> and that's, you know, that's a, it's a luxury that, that I, I also took. Right. You know, mm-hmm. cause I'm old. <laughs> I'm, I'm 49. I'm ready to, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you look great. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but like, I'm, I'm not putting in like 12 hours every day for, no, you for know, what? So yeah, for yeah, a exactly. job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, and I, I think that we're lucky as as artists or as arts-minded mm-hmm. people in that we have something that fuels us. Sure. That is work that we really enjoy. Yeah. And if I were... Uh, if I had a, if I was a writer that had any kind of structure and the stability, <laughs> the stability to to just be a writer, yeah, I might work twelve hours a day, or I might work in, well into the night, sure. as I sometimes do, um, because it's because it's like that maddening, enjoyable work, yeah, um, the pursuit of something that we find meaningful, um, and and the other stuff. Is how we pay for that. That's right. That's right. And I mean, that's why I leave it at, at the end of my day. Mm-hmm. Is that's the time that I've carved out to do this podcast or write or or prepare to do my show, like whatever it is. Like that's what I'm doing after that. You know. Yeah. And if I didn't have that, what would I do? I might come home and watch Netflix or play video games. Yeah. Which, which I'm going to do mean, anyway. At some sure. Point, but that's not why I go home. Right. And <clears throat> you know, and and like in this. This modern world in which we find ourselves, yeah. um, I think, I think it's becoming so much more. The way we think about work yeah. uh, has really changed, um, and this, there's a lot of this conversation in the play. But we we don't prioritize leisure. I don't know if we ever did, mm-hmm. I, you know, and like, and this is a very specific middle class or what used to be called yeah. middle class type of work that we're talking about. We're not going to factories and exhausting mm-hmm. ourselves or, um, but what, whatever we have, we don't have, we don't value our time no. and our, 
um, in our lives, yeah. we have really started to live to work. Yeah. And when you see stressed out people sending work emails on their mm-hmm. phone when they're supposed to be out having a good time, I, I find that really, really unfortunate. But there's also a social status thing, right? Like, I'm so important, I have to answer this email right now. I do think that that's part of it. There's a certain, like, if, if you all yeah. of your friends are performing, mm-hmm. that they're, that, oh, this is so urgent, I have to answer this client right now, um, then you're going to do it too. Yeah. Uh, but, like, if, if there isn't, like, if you're not, uh, the, the minister, the, I don't know. If you're not a brain surgeon, if there's no bomb coming that you need to warn yeah, no. the prime minister about, like, th- your job is not so important that you can't, wait until the morning that's so true um and i uh, that has always been my attitude mm-hmm. and um I, I and i you know <laughs> and i'm and i'm living the lifestyle you know like i don't i don't have a, a car a fancy condo or, or things that yeah. people that work that hard might have but i think i think i like things more <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's sort of that's sort of the trade-off, right? That's the the in a way, it's the artist trade-off of uh, of you know maybe I'm not living in a massive condo, but I kind of enjoy the things I'm doing. Yeah, you know, and I get you know you get I get to write plays and have people come, <laughs> people stand in the rain to yeah. see something that I wrote. It's amazing. That what it's so, so cool. Just to go back to that, what amazes me about that is that that there hadn't even been any reviews. There was no no. I don't no know how it happened. buzz, and that's so freaking rare and amazing for that to just you know like for the that wildfire to start right on the first day like that. I yeah, it was wild. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, I, I really don't know. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And it's different, you know, with each production, um, it's completely unpredictable. You can't tell which one is going to be successful. You also, because you don't know what else, like what is happening this year at Fringe. You don't know. You couldn't know that if, if this is what was it, that there would be like a a ton of improv shows and everything would be comedy. And no, you can only, you do what you want to do and hope for the best and work, working with really good people Mm -hmm. that speak the same language. Um, I think that might be why it didn't feel like a ton of work Mm -hmm. because, you know, watching these actors work with this director, um, feels like <clears throat> feels like playtime yeah even though the subject matter was very serious um yeah i mean the, <clears throat> anybody who didn't see that show missed one of the stressful hours of theater i think i spent <laughs> but it was ex- an exhilarating stress like there was just this it was like somebody took an elastic and just started stretching it yeah and then we're waiting <laughs> for it to snap and it didn't snap so uh, yeah, I've, I, I've, some people have asked if it could be a little longer and I don't know, I don't think I can, sus- I don't think you can sustain the tension. I think that if it was any longer, you would definitely lose something. Yeah, I, I agree. Even, you know, after what I saw, um, I think I saw every, per- uh, there was one performance I didn't see, um, and watching it, 
over and over, I thought, mm, there's a little room for this. Mm. This moment is luxuriating mm. a little too long. Yeah. Uh, but it is about mm. sustaining that tension. Mm. And, uh, like, I don't know. The, the knowing what the secrets are before I started writing <laughs> was very important on this one. Right. Because there were, there, there was one, there was one big one that, no one saw coming right and it was and being in the audience was was the most satisfying yeah. moment and you know some nights it was um the audience thought it was a rollicking comedy and they were talking we had one late night we had uh, we had a friday the 13th performance <clears throat> at 11:30 p.m. <throat> and they were drunk and uh and 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 really talking back, but like in this kind of exasperated, yeah. ah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. frightened way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there were some performances where you could hear a pin drop. Yeah, um, and that's it was a very cool experience. It's interesting because those moments where it can it, you can hear a pin drop, it's like nobody wants to move. They're yeah. so in it, which is a fascinating thing to watch in an audience. Yeah. It was it was a really great experience. Speaking of um, tension in a show, mm-hmm. um, we were just talking uh, just a, a couple weeks ago with uh, Ann Van Leeuwen. Yeah, about Come On, Angie, mm-hmm. and you brought that show to um, uh, Leroy Street. Or? Yeah, I'm 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 one of the producers. Yeah, uh, I'm friends with Amy Lee Lovewell, the playwright. Amy, yeah. And, um, I'm a huge admirer of her work Mm -hmm. and I read it, I read the piece a few years ago while she was working on it before the Me Too movement was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and it blew my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really taught drama, Mm -hmm. really fascinating character, uh, study. Yeah. And, uh, and a, and a great, example of um a writer playing with audiences perspectives yeah. uh the way we see these characters at various points in the play is are radically different mm-hmm. and everyone will leave having a different opinion about which line was crossed when yeah. and who is in the right and um and i i it was a, a big success in vancouver yeah. And I asked Amy, who's who's doing it in Toronto? Uh, and she said, no one's really, no one's really bit. Mm. And uh, I, I, I know that Anne um, and Leroy Street w- mm. were looking for, for another production that Anne would, would act mm-hmm. in. Uh, so I kind of asked permission to show it to, uh, to them and, you know, immediately upon, this is the type of play that I think any actor worth their mm. salt, if they want to go to the places that the play requires them to go to, mm-hmm. will say yes immediately upon reading it, yeah. uh, which is basically what happened. Yeah, and yeah. read the script and said, we just kind of need to do this. Yeah. Um, and so that's been, and, and thankfully audiences, feel the way I do about mm. it. It's, um, I've never seen so many people stay behind the assembly to talk after a show. 
Well, that's sort of um, one of the interesting things is I think that's kind of what you want with, with a lot of shows. Like, you don't want people to... As, this is not... Come on, Angie, is not a show that anybody should stand up and say, well, that was nice, and then get their coat and leave. No. <laughs> they should have thoughts and stay to talk about them. Yeah. And that's always... That's a great sign for a play, I think, when people are still talking about it. Yeah, I I agree. I... um I've gotten a lot of text messages or, you know, um, people touching base a few days mm-hmm. after seeing it, just saying, I can't stop thinking about yeah. this or, um, and, and it is, and it is because it's so disturbing because it's so normal. Yes. Yeah. Um, that I, I think that that's the that's what re- what really gets under people's skin mm-hmm. and she's she's such a talented writer that she goes into the like nooks and crannies mm-hmm. of the deepest parts of our psyche that yeah. we don't want to touch yeah. and um and it, it's it it's a good one it's it it is a very powerful piece it certainly is i mean it 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 it's not the kind of like i didn't leave think well i really loved that but it was because it's not a feel-good romp. You ha- you think about it for a long time afterwards. Yeah, you know? it, that's not saying it isn't without humor. Oh, it certainly has a lot. Yeah, the, absolutely, and it has know, to. The the marvelous <clears throat> construction of this piece is mm-hmm. that it is funny. And yeah. Knowing knowing Amy Lee as as well as I do, I can hear her. Her jokes, I can hear her yeah. voice in both of the characters mm. throughout the piece, and um, uh, I laugh out loud. I've seen it about <coughs> six times, right? Now. Uh, and we we are experiencing repeat audience members, mm. which is really really great. That That's people are people bringing friends. You have to see this. <coughs> is, that, is it that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, to a degree, but I think. Um, what I've seen more often is that people have gone with a friend and then wanted to come and see it again. Mm. And those are mostly men. Uh, interesting who, yeah, I, I think she's really onto something. Well, I think the interesting thing about it is that I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, cause you've seen it more times, um, and maybe heard more audience conversations. I think that men watch it in a different way than women, especially the first time. Um, uh, maybe generally, I mean, I'm generalizing, of course, I think that that's, well, I, I think it's really specific to the individual mm-hmm. that there will, that however the news cycle mm-hmm. has hit you, <clears throat> however, um, whatever your personal beliefs yeah. are, um, it, you will be, and, and I've heard from a lot of women yeah. who who have said to me, I feel so guilty. I felt so guilty throughout most of the play because I was on his side most of the time. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it's uh, like, this uh, is a really important piece. Like wow, there's, okay. and I, and I, and, and I, I, I hope that it is empowering. Um, I, like, I, I think that as a, as a man, it's absolutely a conversation that, that we need to hear and 100%. should be, and it's, and it's articulated in a way for us dum-dums that we can really hear the message of the play yeah. very clearly. And I think it's also very important that women, um, if they have or haven't experienced some kind of 
assaults, even yeah. if it is, uh, you know, an, a, a quote unquote innocuous one, like yeah. what, what is purported to have happened in the play that, um, that there is, there's the, the ground, the, the framework, the groundwork for, for, for standing up to it for, yeah. for, for, even if, even if they, even if one doesn't, the awareness that this is not okay. Yeah. You know, these small steps that the characters make, yeah, uh, have huge impacts on audiences. Yeah. Anywho, I, yeah, yeah, I could talk about it, the play for a long time. One of the I things, because I remember um, <clears throat> around the time that, that I asked on Facebook about content warnings, I think you were also wondering about yeah. content warnings, which is a, and uh, in fact, I've been seeing a lot of people talking about content warnings. There was mm-hmm. an article in the star yep. a little while ago about that. And, and it's, and I saw, um, uh, Howard Sherman, uh, in the States, he, he also mm-hmm. copied, he also saw that article and, 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 and was looking for thoughts on it because it's a question that it's funny. Cause I think that there's a certain, all the millennials that I've spoken to are like, well, of course you would have a content warning. Mm-hmm. And a lot of some of the older people are like, well, why would you need it? Let's stop being babies. Let's, you know, it's like a whole almost generational attitude towards the two. Yeah. I, the question for me or the, or the problem that I have wrapping my head around Mm -hmm. is if sensitive material is structured as a surprise. Yes. Um, how does one adequately prepare an audience? Because I don't think, you know, we were just talking about audience participation. Yeah. And if I had known that sitting in this seat would mean that I would get made fun of in front of a room full of people, <clears throat> I wouldn't have gone to the play. No. I just, I don't like that type of experience. Mm. And if I am affected by by this type of content, I think it's, I think it's your business Mm -hmm. to prepare someone for that experience. Um, and this is where, this is where things get tricky. Um, I, my, you know, I, 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 I like making audiences squirm. Um, I like, I personally like being surprised, Mm -hmm. um, by, <laughs> not by having an actor in my lap, <laughs> no, by, yeah. but by uh, like when a play takes an unexpected turn, yeah, um, or ter- takes a turn into darker material, I'm I, that really gets my my neurons firing. Yeah. So, um, so that's what I have difficulty with. And I saw your there's a, a great comment on your post um, saying that if it is structured as a surprise. Mm-hmm. It's fair to say there is a content warning. Some people may find it triggering. Mm-hmm. For more information, email us and we'll tell you what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's... So we are doing that with the Huns. Yeah. Um, there is a content warning. If you want to know why, you can send us an mm-hmm. email. Um, uh, with Come On Angie, um, you know, it, it, we, we post the content warning on the front of the program mm-hmm. and i i think because there's no avoiding it yeah. I, I i did get a comment from an audience member 
saying 10 minutes in, I sort of didn't realize what I was, it, it, it hit me what yeah. I was in for mm-hmm. and I didn't know if I felt like staying. Right. And I thought that shouldn't, you know, we've, and we've warned you, yeah. you know, we said this very explicitly, mm-hmm. this is what the subject matter is. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's, it's one way or another, it will make for an uncomfortable experience. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I think, I think I've landed on the side of the argument that says it's more responsible to take the audience's feelings to heart mm-hmm. and not the last thing I would want to do is have someone have a, a, a traumatic experience. Yes. Yeah. They can not enjoy the play. That's yes. fine. That's they can, thing. you know, they, they can, they can, it can be not to their taste, but for them to, uh, to, to, to carry this experience <clears throat> mm-hmm. with them into the world yeah. in a negative way yeah. is unfair of, of the creator. I think. Yeah. I was, I was very much resistant to the idea yeah. for about a year. Um, but it occurred to me just this year um, that if my play, for example, ha- talks about suicide mm-hmm. and I know some, ve- I know some people very well this year who, who lost somebody. And um, if I, and I would, pro- I would warn them yeah. about my show. I would say, maybe it's too soon for you. And then I thought, if I would do that for my friend, mm-hmm. why would I not do that for my audience? And so I've, but again, it's also a plot point. I know. So it's is, like, how do you do that? Uh, it's, I, I, I think that that's a really great uh, example or a really great suggestion that um, whoever mm-hmm. posted, I forget who it was. Um, I think it was uh, 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 Jordi O'Dale. Actually, I think, I think yeah. Well, it's a great suggestion yeah, yeah. Um, because I was resistant to it too. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember there was a Fringe show, and the rev- and what I read a review of it. I didn't actually see it, uh-huh. but I, the rev- it, it caused a lot of attention because the the bent of the review was there should have been a trigger warning, mm. and and my first thought was. Well, if you're so triggered by that, you shouldn't leave your house. You know, if you're gonna yes. like, and and that's a really ugly voice um, that I have learned that has matured. Yes, um, because I know people that are that are triggered by things yeah. that that can move about the world yes. like normal people. It doesn't mean. It doesn't mean we're coddling the audience. It doesn't mean we're holding their hands or treating them like babies. We're we're taking their feelings into consideration and and in a and moving forward with empathy, which yeah. is what this whole business is Absolutely. about. There's there's a, a resistance, I think, to the word trigger to the phrase trigger warning. Yeah, certainly that certain people have. Well, and you know, I was on a I was on a university campus yeah. last year, and there's you can see the eye rolls from faculty, mm. you, like and and. In a, um, uh, my, uh, good friend is in a history department and has to do a trigger warning, um, before talking about ancient history. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, are we see like it's, you know, yeah. um, but I, it really doesn't cost anyone anything. Yeah. That's the thing. And it doesn't, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And, but I, but I agree. There is, a very clear generational 
divide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sort of straddle those two. And, um, uh, it, it, I, you know, I think it's important to be on the, on the progress. They're, they're going to be around a lot longer than I would rather. Long. Yeah. I'd rather be on the side of my audience than on the side of my ego. I think. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. I don't mind pissing off an audience. No but, shit. No, but I don't want them. But I don't to, want them traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just jumping back to, to fringe. Yeah. You guys are in the new venue this year at, at Crow's streetcar, which we is, sure are, which is a little farther away than we're used to for fringe. Totally is. Um, does that give you pause or like, are you nervous about that? Well, um, we requested, uh, to be in there. We requested the studio space. <laughs> um, I'm working with, uh, Marie Farsi. She's yeah. directing the play. Mm-hmm. She's the associate artistic director of Crows mm-hmm. and she kind of lives in that building. Yes, so yeah. we, when we saw that it was a venue thought, this is a no-brainer. She is going to be directing a show in the studio in the fall, and this felt really like like a good way of getting her feet wet in yeah. the space. And we were all th- and and you know it's ninety seats, mm-hmm. and we sold that easy last year. <laughs> so and and it's a, and it's an intimate three-hander yeah. that um, that I think would do very well in the studio space, and what? we were allocated. The cavernous yes. uh, main space, the Guloyan, Guloyan, yeah. however you pronounce, the Guloyan, the main the space, main space Crows. yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so there are, there are lots of seats to fill. There are, yeah. Um, it's what, 200? It's, like I think on the notes, I think it's yeah. exactly 200. Um, it's big. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know. But is it bigger? Is it bigger than the main space at Factory, the main space, at, or like the Randolph? Is uh, it, it, no. Yeah. It's, it, it, um, I think it's slightly, I think it's, I think it's smaller mm-hmm. than the main space at Tarragon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's slightly bigger than Pathmarai. Mm-hmm. It's about the same size as Factory. There's something about the architecture of yeah. that building. Because it's designed as a flexible space, right? Um, so when you when you do this kind of presidium style seating, yeah, uh, it can it can look quite empty, and uh, filling it with with a very small set mm-hmm. and three actors will be an interesting challenge. Yeah, but I'm I, I'm confident that. Like, I, I think it's a beautiful theater. Absolutely. It's a great yeah. neighborhood. Um, there is a lot of hunger for the arts mm-hmm. in that community that doesn't come West. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll be a good, a boon for Fringe. And I think it may be. I mean, if I was just talking with Coal Mine Theater and their audience is almost entirely from the East End. Yeah. Um, which says there is a hunger for it. I, I, yeah, yeah, I think so. And and um, you know, it's on top of a, it's underneath a condo yeah. building of people that that would love to come see a play. Sure, uh, I hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we and there's an air conditioned bar. I mean, right outside the doors of the theater. Air conditioning is a big draw for a lot of theaters, unless it's St. Vlad's. But let's With, talk yeah. about blankets, but. Yeah, that's always the the that's always on that's also on my I don't want to be there list because there's nothing 
worse than like doing a show and like watching your audience huddle under blankets. That's a warning you need to give out. Like I've I had a show in St. Vlad's yeah. and I had to say wear a sweater. Like and people look at me like I'm insane. And because you know, in the middle of heat waves, but, but they it's, also it's freezing. Like, every it. time I've been at a show there, they're like, "Take a blanket." People are like, "What is this for?" And you're like, "You will need you it. Just, just take <laughs> the blanket." You know. So yeah, but uh, I mean, I think it's it's a great experiment for yeah. for Fringe to move out there, and I think uh, um, your show your show sounds really great. So I'm looking oh, forward to seeing it. Um, is there? This is. I mean. This is going to be like, I think, much like anywhere, like the first time this is staged. And so I'm sure you're going to learn a lot about this show between now and when it's up there. But right now, is there something in particular that you're excited to learn about this show? Um, there, there is a lot of talking uh, without a lot being said mm-hmm. in this play. And I think that there's there's one relationship in particular that's very suggested mm-hmm. more than it, it it um and I'm I'm really interested to see how that's accomplished through mm-hmm. acting and directing. Mm-hmm. Um how in a bombastic comedy there can be room for subtlety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so I'm I'm anxious to get into the rehearsal and see that. Um and uh I think the how we how this play will go from comedy to serious knee mm-hmm. um is uh is something I'm interested in refining. Mm. Also, these guys are so good. Yeah, it's yeah. like it 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 it's a really great cast and I'm I'm excited to be in the room with nice. them. I love working with Marie Farsi. Yeah. Um we uh this is our first time working together and just seeing her in auditions talking to actors about what's going on in the scenes mm. hearing her insights into the piece itself and the characters has been really wonderful nice. it's a it's a great it's the collaboration is off to a good start awesome That's yeah. great thank you so much it's been a lot of fun thank you for having me again This has been a Homebody Productions production.